Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Welcome to Breakfast Ball. I'm Ben Charleston, joined as always by Ryan Hannibal. Ryan, how you doing? I'm doing good, Ben. How are you? I'm good. So week two of live golf was last weekend and another exciting tournament, I must say. Another uh, exciting finish on a Sunday. Worked out well with the rain delay. I got to go out for a nice Father's Day dinner and then uh, came back and, and watched the, uh, the end of golf. And you're right, it was, it was good. Tons of guys at the top of the leaderboard. A lot of guys in contention on that back nine. And, you know, Webb Simpson, who a lot of people picked actually going into the week, came out on top. And, again, like you said, it was a good week to come back. You know, the tour was back. But also you had, you know, an exciting finish with a number of the top guys, you know, competing on Sunday. Yeah, and a lot of them shooting very, very low on – on Sunday, even at that tournament, it's, I guess, usually kind of a, for a PGA Tour, I guess, a, a little bit easier course. Yeah. So, so I'm not surprised, but are you a fan of, like, those type of tournaments where guys are shooting eight under and shooting minus 20 overall? Not, not really. Like, I prefer, like, I don't like the, I mean, I do like the U.S. Opens, for just for the U.S. Open, where it's just battle to make par. But I also want, like, the swings. Like, I want, you know, the chance to be there for a guy to make bogey and a guy make birdie, and you have a two-shot swing in a hole. And, you know, that was hard to have, you know, last week at Harvard Town because of how easy the course was. And I guess, you know, I like to see some birdies, but I don't, I'm not really a huge fan of the final score being, you know, in, in the 20s. Like, I, you know, around 10 is fine for me. Like, if you go out and shoot, you know, in the high 60s all four days, that's good enough for me. But when once you get into the – the 20s that's you know not as enjoyable as for as it and i mean i'm not complaining but i just prefer the other stuff yeah i'm similar way like yeah if i can get yeah minus 12 something like that where where it seems like guys you know they play solid golf every single day but if you shoot you know minus two minus three you're not out of it on on a single day because when you're shooting yeah like minus eight minus seven every day if you have a an average day for some of these golfers, even minus one, you're, you're basically out of it after the second day. So yeah, the cut so was what, minus four. Like that's, I mean, that's yeah. high for PJ tour tournament. Like think about it. If you have an average day, you're missing the cut. Yeah. Yeah. And you saw with like, quite a few guys who, yeah. who had decent days, like nothing, nothing spectacular, but they weren't spraying the ball over the place. They were minus two, minus three and, and they missed the cut. So yeah, minus four is, is kind of high. And that's, that's kind of a problem too, where you do kind of, eliminate some good players pretty early on because of such a high um high high cut line right there and, right. and we'll, we'll probably see it again this weekend with the travelers championship but we'll get to that later um as as we continue the podcast 
Yeah, again, I, I mean, I, I'm glad that golf's back. And, you know, this is – and it's also probably the case, too, is, like, we're seeing a number of these top players we're seeing again this week playing in these tournaments. And maybe that's part of the reason why we're seeing such low scores. Like, and I – you know, usually you're not going to have Brooks Kepler, Rory, you know, Justin Thomas, and the RBC Heritage because it's the week after the Masters. And so I think these tournaments – that normally don't get the, you know, big players playing are now playing. And that could also factor into why the scores are so high. Just be, And also, you know, this tournament was usually played in April where the weather is, you know, colder and it's not, you know, 80, 90 degrees. And, you know, you can hit the ball further. The greens are more receptive, blah, blah, blah. So I think there are a number of factors leading into the higher scores. And so and that could just be something that plays out over the course of the rest of the summer when, when the tour starts to get back to a, not normal, but, you know, back into the new normal, I guess. Yeah, I think that's true. Yeah, the, the different uh, weather does does change things up a little bit. And do you think not having fans with there uh, at these tournaments is helping these guys too a little bit where they, they might not feel as much? I know we talked about last time that yeah. it seemed like Sunday there was a little bit more pressure, but this tournament, I, I don't know, that final day, it didn't seem like there was many um, missed shots or drop shots. It was more. Yeah, I read some quotes yesterday from the guys talking to the travelers and Jordan Speed said like it's as easy as it's ever been to win on tour because of the pressure like basically saying you have no pressure on Sunday like it's it's great it's easy it's easier for a new player to win just because there's no pressure but then to the flip side of that like I think people are talking about how difficult it is or how harder it is just without the fans for like sight lines like Jordan Speed was saying sometimes that he you know, points to a guy behind the flag wearing an orange shirt, says he's my aiming point, and now they don't have that. It's kind of the same thing with the grandstands. They don't have that either. And then, like we talked about the last time, like balls, you know, that would normally just be a free drop or now it's turning into, you know, a 30-yard pitch shot. And then also, I don't think it really is coming to play much, but the wayward drives, like normally you have fans finding those balls, and, you know, now they could turn into lost balls. I don't think we've really had that, but – I'm actually surprised. I thought that the lack of fans could lead to a little bit of higher scores um, just because of the way that things are set up, the no sight lines, the easier to just throw the ball into a grandstand and get a free drop. You know, some of those shots could now turn into trouble. So uh, I guess I'm a little surprised, but to the bigger point, it's easier to win without fans just because of the pressure. Yeah, and and hopefully we'll see that. I I don't know if we'll see um, those those lesser-known guys winning some of these tournaments to start out this season just because there will be so many right. top 10 top 15 guys at these tournaments which which you're seeing so so I think that might be a little bit uh an effect for some of these guys where they're not used to this I, I get they're on the PGA Tour but the the same amount of competition that they're having and like you said RBC is usually after the Masters the the Travelers another tournament after a major where you're, yeah. you're not usually getting uh top 15 top 20 guys at these tournaments so so I think you won't be seeing as many lesser known um, up and coming guys winning these tournaments. I think it is going to be a lot more of the well-established guys on tour who, who will be winning these tournaments. Yeah. And I think that we'll see, I think coming up the next week's in Detroit, the rocket mortgage tournament, I think this could be a week where guys take off. Yeah. Like the top players take off. Cause these guys can't play every single week. I mean, they've been playing for this probably this is their thir- third straight week. And then like we talked about, they're gearing towards, August when you have all the majors so I, I wouldn't be surprised if we start to see some of these bigger names start to take off a week here and there and maybe this starts next week 
Um, so maybe that is a chance for the younger guys and newcomers to get their shot. But like you said, with all these top players playing, it's hard for a, a lesser name to jump onto the scene and, you know, win a tournament. Yeah. All right, well, and then, so, and at the RBC Heritage, we had our first uh, positive COVID uh, test on, was it Friday or Saturday? Nick Watney. Friday, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Nick Watney had to pull out of the tournament because of uh, COVID. Um Nothing. I mean, I, I know that another um, was it Corey Champ came out um, this week on Tuesday. He got tested and came out positive. So there's been a couple, but it doesn't seem like from the Watney situation anything else has uh, spread. So, so I guess that's good. But but the, I think the big question is if a guy's in contention and on say Saturday night or Sunday he comes in to test positive, are they, are they they kicking him out of the tournament? What like in a, in a major if. Rory McIlroy comes in tied for the lead on Sunday, but uh, test positive for COVID. Are they? Yep. They, they keeping those rules the same, or are we thinking? Uh, you know? It's it's a tough thing because just because of the way that so they do the testing before the tournament. So basically, you get cleared. You know, Tuesday. They right. Do. And Watney came forward and said that you know he wasn't feeling great, and that's why he had the, the test. So I'm wondering if. But you said Roy McIlroy is in, you know, the top five going into Sunday, and he doesn't feel great going into that Sunday morning. I can't see him going to the tour saying, I need got to get tested. Like, I just can't see that. And it's sort of like the NFL, the concussions. Like, they kind of let these things slide a little bit, depending on the player, the circumstance, you know, here and there. So it's a tough – it's sort of up to the players to police themselves in a way. And in that scenario, I find it hard to believe any player – would you know self-report themselves yeah um but then also it's also up to the players to really keep safe like i mean the tour has done a decent job of you know giving them a bubble and staying in the hotels giving on the plane um but we've heard just some of the quotes after wantney's positive tests like sergio garcia had the quote saying like you know wantney didn't deserve to test positive like there are plenty of other guys that deserve to test positive i think that's saying that some of these guys on tour aren't taking it as seriously as some others. And maybe they're going out of, they're going out to restaurants. They're not wearing their masks when they probably should. So it's really up to the players themselves, I think to police themselves. And that's kind of what it's turning into. Like, I guess they're changing things on the fly, obviously, just because it's so unknown, but it's ultimately it's up to the players. Yeah. So I, I hope the PGA tour and hopefully nothing else really comes of it. Maybe if you get one positive test a week, that's, I, you don't want that, but that's better than, you know, having to shut down the whole tournament. But Well, that's what I was saying, too. Like, you know, they've te- they test, like, 300 guys, including the caddies, each week. So times two weeks, one test, out, positive test out of 600, you know, and then this week. So one test out of – two tests out of 900, that's pretty good. I mean, I, I know it's you not, don't have any, but when you look at the percentages, like, that's still pretty good. And I think that leagues, especially the tour – know as you're going to get positive tests and it's just something you have to have the proper protocols in place to keep it to one person and I think so far they're doing a good job yeah that's what it seems to be and and hopefully with with these tests coming out and if a couple more pop up or something players will start doing a better job of, of policing each other where it's like hey like if we, if we reach a certain number like you might guys might be enjoying yourself now but we're going back to three months of being shut down again like like if if we're not smart about this we're we're able to play now, but if we start getting stupid and getting lax, this this is this could be over for us, and, and we're still what, what would you say is the number that would have to cause the tour to shut a tournament down? 
Um, I, that's tough. Like, like, is it a number? or Is it like a player? Like, if it's like five players, but one of them's Brooks Kepka. No, I think it's more of a number for golf. Like, like I could see like in the NBA, if you get yeah. like two guys, but it's LeBron and Kawhi and Giannis or whatever. Right. That's tough for the NBA to to get over that. But like golf, I don't know if if Kepka or Rory went down. I think you could still play. You could still play a tournament. You see it like in yeah. years past, like like we were talking about the RBC. It's usually not a right. huge star-studded field, so you can get away with it. But I, I don't know. That'd be tough. I'd like 10, 20 yeah, that's guys, kinda, I guess. That's like, kind of what I'm thinking. Because you're, you're going into a week with, what, like 120 guys, something like that? Like, yeah, sometimes more, yeah. So I, I don't know. If, it, if it's a few tests, I think you can get away with it. A big name, it's not huge. But, yeah, I think if you get like – 10 20 guys it's you probably want to shut it down just for that week just so it it doesn't spread yeah, and maybe get to right. next week but but yeah. I, yeah, I don't know it's, it's always tough with like thinking about how many numbers like what what would it be to shut it down but i think if you get like one couple here and there you're fine as long as you do a good job of of finding it and um which i think they did like they did a good job with the wadi thing like the guys that he played with on thursday were immediately tested and they came back negative so you know, they're doing the proper things with the contact tracing. And, you know, if as long as they continue to do that, and you know, things go as they have. Like Cameron Champ wasn't even in the tournament last week. He came from, I think, his hometown is Texas, Houston, Texas, which is obviously, you know, one of the yeah, bigger case states right now. So that's probably where he contracted it. And then Graham McDowell's caddy speculated that he got it flying on a commercial flight from Texas to Orlando. Um so that's really – both of those cases aren't really tour-related. They're, you know, on the tour, but they weren't contracted at, you know, a tour event. So that's a good sign, I guess, for, for everyone involved. Yeah, and I could see that if, if this – like stuff like this kind of, kind of keeps happening where guys are going out, maybe the PGA Tour is starting to test guys on Saturday also or something. And yeah. even at like the majors throwing an extra test in there, which to be honest, if, as long as the tests are available and they're not taken away from other people – I think that's fine, and I think it's smart to, to do that where you know if a certain amount of tests, and I'm guessing they have a number in mind like we were talking about, and I'm guessing they have a number of, of how many players, and they want to keep that going so they don't have to worry about shutting the tour down for three months, which, again, would if you shut the PGA Tour down for three months, it's, it's over for the season. All the majors are gone. All the big money there is gone, and they're waiting until the spring or whenever to, to restart again. Yeah, and I think it's also – key to note like they'll I'm sure they learned from the Watney experience last week like the the tour got some crap for allowing him to still be at the facility on Friday when he was waiting for his test to be take to be read and he was around you know other players so maybe now the tour says there's a designated area for guys that are waiting their you know test results that they can only go to this part of the range and it's roped off or whatever or they're not allowed at the course at all so they're just learn they're, they're going to learn on the fly just like they're learning for the the telecast how they're going to do that they're learning with their, their protocols and how to set up tournaments and maybe they do a better job of setting up like player dining so that the players aren't you know don't feel like they have to go outside to a restaurant or maybe they give themselves like a they get go to a restaurant themselves and rope off an area just for tour people like I think there are ways that to work around this to make it safer and I think just like everything around the country the tour is learning on the fly as well yeah and I think obviously certain uh, cities that they the tour goes to that that'll be a big thing too because I'm guessing each state obviously has different regulations so I think that that'll be something the PGA tour has to learn it's like all right 
South Carolina, everything was open. Like we, we had to do a better job of making sure these guys are staying in the bubble and other places they might be more forced to stay in the hotel or stay at the course to, to get food. So yeah, like it's going to be each week the tour is going to learn something. I think that's going to be true for, for every sport that comes back. They're going to have to learn on the fly. Yeah. You, you can have these great safety protocols in place and all these plans in place, but it, you're going to have to be willing and able to make changes as, as you learn. It's also uh, not good, but like they're in two of the states that have seen increase in testing so far, Texas and South Carolina. Now they're going to Connecticut, Minnesota, or Michigan, Ohio for two weeks in Minnesota. So they're in that Midwest. And well, I guess new England this week than the Midwest, which are better off for cases. So maybe that's a good sign for the tour too, where they're going to areas that cases aren't as high as where they've been in the last two weeks. Yeah. So hopefully there's, you know, no more positive tests or if there is, it's very limited, but, but it sounds like they're, they're learning from it. Um, and it looks like they're going, going forward. It, they're, they're doing a good job. So, so hopefully we won't have to see uh, golf get shut down again, but uh, this week we got the travelers championship, like you said, going to Connecticut. So new England and, it's, it's a tournament that we'll, we'll see, again, probably high scores, like we saw at yep. the RPC Heritage. Uh, it, it is one of those courses that players can can kind of bully around a little bit. But yeah, again, Jim, I, this is the course that Furyk shot the, the 58 at, right? Yeah, yeah, yep. Um, and, again, it's another strong field. It's 10 of the top 11 players. Yeah, it's the same thing as the last couple of weeks. So, so it will it'll be another very uh, good tournament, and you're going to see a lot of low scores, I'm guessing. And someone who, to be honest, I, I think might pull it out this week is DeChambeau. I, he's one of those guys who I, I didn't think him trying to overpower and bully the, the yeah, courses was going to work. But I think he's been, what, top five the past two weeks or top yeah, three? Yeah, I think it was th- three, third and eighth. He's been, he's been right there. Yeah. And- and I kind of am with you in the way that, like, his length hasn't really been able to pay off as much as the two courses they've played. And this week, I think, is a chance that it actually can pay off where the holes are straightaways that he can, you know, get close to the green on these par fours and, and par fives and not, you know, have a dog leg to deal with where it's not, you know, he, he can't cut a corner or, or so. So I think that this is a, a week where DeChambeau could really show off his length and it gives him probably a, a better chance to win. Um, another guy like Patrick Cantlay, he's making his first start, you know, back on tour this year. Um, he didn't play the first two events, but I, I really like his game. I think he's one of the upcoming guys on tour. Um, he's played well at the, the tournament before. I wouldn't be surprised if he's up there on Sunday and, you know, kind of like we talked about before, like just with all these big guys playing, you're bound to have like a Brooks Kepka, a John Rahm, a Rory win. So I wouldn't be surprised if this is the week. I know Webb Simpson's kind of a bigger name, but I wouldn't be surprised if this is the week where we have, you know, a, a really, a really big name uh, come out on top. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that. It's, it is one of those tournaments again, like, like we're saying, it's usually not a huge uh, field for the top 10 guys, top 11 guys like that. So I, I would not going to be surprised if it is a, a, I guess big name guy who who pulls it out this week again, which it seems to to be doing. Um, the a former winner Jordan Spieth, though, I, he seems to be just an absolute roller coaster this season. Oh, so inconsistent! Like like I thought he had, I was like, all right, he's back. He's he's figured it out. He's 
he's back to the old Jordan Spieth, and we're going to see him competing with, uh, you know, Thomas, Fowler, those guys again. But he, he was a former champion here. He, I think he finished, like, minus 17 when he won it in a playoff. Yep. But it's just like he's one of those guys who has won Masters. He's was uh, top of the world for, for a few years and just can't seem to figure it out. I, I wonder if this is this is a tournament he seems to do well at more often than not. So uh, it will be interesting to see if, if he has finally figured out the, a more consistent game. Because you, you, would, you, see it you would hope so. last weekend. I mean, he had a good good week at Colonial. I think it was top 10. And then he goes out on, uh, what was it, Thursday, RBC. Has like a triple bogey to start, but then has six straight birdies on the back nine to get it back into contention. And then he didn't have a great weekend. So it's just so inconsistent. I'm sure it's frustrating for him, you know, because clearly if you have six straight birdies, something's working. Yeah. He had a top 10 finish, you know, the first week back. So he's there, but it's just the, the lack of consistency. And maybe, like you said, this is a good week for him to get that back and to have good feelings at this tournament. Um, so, you know, I'm a big Jordan Spieth fan. I would like to see him back, you know, in the winner's circle, but it's, it's a tough follow because the highs and the lows, you go from making triple bogeys to six straight birdies. It's just, it's, I'm sure it's even harder for him. I mean, it, clearly the game's there. It's just trying to put it all together on a consistent basis. That's just so hard for him right now. Yeah. And if you see him figure it out, it would be great. It's just great for the game to have the more good players on the tour, the better. And, and he's such oh. a different such a different type of player than a lot of the guys now. Like, you know, Thomas, McElroy, DeChambeau, Kepka are just these monster uh, drivers of the ball, and they hit everything so far. And, and Spieth isn't that guy anymore. He's – or he never was that guy, but he's, you know, yeah. like more like a Webb Simpson where he, he hits it He hits it in the fair around the tee, makes a nice approach shot, and he, and he putts. So right. it's nice to see different uh, types of – uh, style of play out there and, and that, yeah. that's great about having him there he he was winning when he wasn't the longest guy out there he, he didn't drive the ball 350 every single time so right it, it's nice to have those type of guys on tour where it's no longer or not just hit it as far as you can uh overpower the golf course it's it's a strategy game with some of these guys too it would also be good too just because he's so friendly with those guys like the the JTs, the, the, he's a friendly guy. Like just to have, like, let's imagine Justin Thomas and Jordan Smith in the final group of a, of a major on Sunday. That'd be entertaining. I think they would have some fun with it or as much as you could at a major. And I think that'd be good for the sport to have, you know, guys that grew up playing golf together that are close friends off the course competing, you know, in the final round of, of a, of a tournament on Sunday. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. Thomas Fowler, uh, guy, yeah, who who grew up playing, yeah. If you see something like that, it's, it's a different experience on a on a Sunday major where you know maybe they're they're giving themselves a little bit harder time and right getting a little bit more after each other. So it'd be a di- different different experience to to see them out there together. But yeah, like I, I, it, it seems like everyone or most of the guys haven't really felt the rust from from the layoff, and which is good for the tour. You're seeing a good golf. Um, a lot of exciting finishes, a lot of exciting rounds. So, so it's been great so far for the PJ Tour for two weeks, and hopefully they continue on this third week. Yeah, it'll only get better with the, as the tournaments grow. I mean, I know Travelers is a bigger tournament up here, and probably not nationally. And then you know they go to the Midwest, but then you have you know Jack's tournament at the Memorial, and then you get the WGC at the FedEx in, in Memphis, I think. Then you get the PGA Championship. So we're basically a month away from the first major. So things are starting to really amp up, and I think players are getting used to everything, and everybody's getting used to things so that they can be sort of at their peak, you know, come 
early August for the PGA. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for uh, Tiger to make his, his first appearance. I think that will be big, but we'll obviously talk about that when, when uh, he, he plans that. And, and uh, real quick before we wrap up, the PGA Championship announced that, that it will be at Harding Park. No yeah. fans. Any of that surprising? No, not at all. I mean, I I would like to have fans, but it's just it probably wasn't going to happen. I know California is pretty strict out there with their rules and whatever. Like, I think we're getting 8,000 fans at the Memorial in Ohio um, in a couple of weeks. So, like, that's a sign that fans could be coming back. But it's probably going to depend on the state and each state where they're at. And then also probably how that first tournament with fans goes. Does, does it go well? Does it doesn't go well? Um I don't, I don't know how many tournaments will actually have fans for the rest of the year. It's probably just maybe just a few here and there. Um, and they still have golf, so I guess that's really all that matters. And if, it, if having fans is going to potentially impact not having golf down the road, it's probably not worth it. I still think you can have, you know, 8,000 fans spread out over the course. I think that's fine. But for the majors like that, being in California – I'm not surprised, and I wouldn't be surprised if the U.S. Open in New York doesn't have fans either. That, that's probably tough. That'll be tough to have as well. Yeah, it will yeah, definitely be interesting. Like we were talking about earlier, it will be uh, learn uh, from the experience for, for the PGA with that first term with 8,000 fans because, you know, the, you can social distance with that many people, but we'll, we'll see. They're going to probably have to have, you know. Well, like, let's just say Tiger. Force telling them, like, hey, yeah, if, it, yeah, if Tiger's there, like you're saying, everyone's going to be on that hole. It's like, all right, right you, you got a social distance. Like you, you might right. not be able to see the guy you want, but right. So, so it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how that goes. And I, I hope it goes well and, and other places can start having fans and that'd be great to see back in, in golf. But yeah, like if, if it's golf and no fans, I'll take the golf compared to trying to force fans there and, and cause more problems. Absolutely. But like you said before, just good to have golf back and things are going great so far. All right, well, let's enjoy the Travelers Championship this weekend. I'll talk to you next week. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 